Welcome everyone to this latest episode of the Pennywise Show, where money and leadership come together in enriching our lives. I'm your host Praveen Nair, and in this series, we will explore all things finance through conversations with thought leaders. I'm super excited for this, so let's get started. What was the first thing you did when you got your first paycheck? Did you splurge all of it on your essentials or on those unforgivable desires? Or did you intentionally kept them aside for a long-term requirement? Who knew such decisions could be traced back to your own personality? Welcome everyone to this latest episode of The Pennywise Show. I'm your host Praveen and I'm pleased to share the studio with Gunasegaran to discuss about a topic that's very close to his heart. How your personality with money can influence your financial decisions. Welcome to the show, Guna. A wonderful morning to you, Pravin, and to all your audience. Yep. Hi to everyone. Thank you very much, Guna. So how's your 2019 been so far? 2019 has been interesting both um, in terms of um, different aspects of where am I moving in terms of adding value to my clients. All right, that's uh, great. Also into investors. Second part is very interesting because I'm trying to educate myself in terms of where should I focus in the next 20 years in terms of adding value to clients. So before we dive right into that, <laughs> Guna, perhaps I'll just try to introduce you. Sure. So Guna is the CEO of Wealth Street Syndrome Berhad mm. and he is no stranger to the financial fraternity. Mm. For he has appeared in numerous publications such as The Star, The Edge Markets, and even appeared in BFM recently. So Guna, looking at all what you've experienced before, how would you describe yourself as an investment advisor? And how is your approach different from many others out there? Ah, thank you for asking, uh, Praveen. Um, just to add on a small thing, if you don't mind, uh, I am not an investment advisor. Yep. Uh, I am a financial planner. So, so just, more to, just, more uh, just to be a bit more uh, precise, you asked a very good question, Praveen. Thank you for asking. At this moment, it's a bit discouraging, but people still don't understand what is a true blue financial planner is. Okay. If you allow me, uh, people, if you talk in the market, layman term, you know, you have a coffee shop or you meet somewhere, hey, I'm a financial planner. What, you sell insurance or do you sell Unitrust? So, well, here we go. So I have to take some time. That's why, you know, I chat with you. It's called financial literacy. Mm -hmm. uh, a financial planner is someone who understands who you are, where do you want to go, why do you want to go there and how do you get there? So, more importantly, it's about getting to know who are you on the inside and bringing out that into a manifestation, what I call writing a financial plan. How does your approach to it make yourself stand out from many other financial planners out oh, there? Oh, okay. that's that's Because uh, I think that's the key here, that's right? That's one million Because question. everyone else could just do a financial planning based on what I could find on the internet, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. is that sufficient? A <laughs> uh, 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 very good question. I think it's uh, very relevant to all age category or generation, as you mentioned. Um, just give you a bit of background where do I come from, and just okay. to take one, two minutes. I've been in the insurance industry for 23 years, we're a well-known company. You can say top three in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And journeying through these 23 years of insurance agent, I realized that most people want someone that they can have comfort, someone they can have trust, someone they can able to open up rather than selling a product. In this case, I you know, when you sell insurance, 
people have this fear. I'm sure you would have gone through and say, hey, yep. I'm calling from ABC company and uh, I want to talk to you about this. And so, I dropped the phone. <laughs> exactly. You know? And, and the, the, <laughs> the interesting part is, bro, is that people say, hey, yeah, yeah, I know. I tell you what, call me back at the right time and, and there you go. You go to call them. And, and sometimes I found that, why are they running away uh, to discussion have a, with an insurance guy? Then I realized as I've been in the market for many years, that people want to talk about their financial matters comfortably at ease. So the only profession back then that I can think of was where do I go from an insurance man to where? And that's where a financial planner comes in. Uh, you asked me generally, I says, do I have a mentor? No. Do I have a benchmark in Malaysia? Sadly, no. Why? People still didn't believe a financial uh, planning or planner is a profession. Why so? Okay, reason being is, well, that's my other dis uh, discipline that I'm learning. It's about raising consciousness. There are a few areas of raising consciousness. First of all, it has got to do with the financial services itself in the way they position or brand themselves. Uh, two, it's got to do with regulators supporting that uh, financial planner and financial planning is a profession. Uh, three, there should be many forums where people are invited, you know, and people are asked, you know, given an opportunity to ask and say that how financial planning is different from whether it be Unitrust or insurance agent or even a will writer. So, so what happens is there must be more forums of educating public at large. True, true. So that the the whole idea of financial planning is not just a one-dimensional thing mm. where I'm just saying to you, look, these are your finances, mm. this is what it looks like, I think this is what you should do, blah, blah, blah. But let's let's look at it from various angles, okay? And one of the things that I noticed, Guna, in, the, in a lot of articles that you write and in uh, the recent podcast that you have with BFM, you mentioned a lot about value-based mm. systems, right? Perhaps you could just share a little bit more Wonderful. about that. Wonderful. Uh, Praveen, I love you for that. Uh, what happens is, mm, take me for example, uh, most of the time, I, I don't have a reference point uh, to say that, why am I making this decision? So, uh, in 2011, I did a program called Certified Behavior Advisor from US. Okay. And uh, it, it opened my mind and says that most people are not aware why they're making a decision. That's another uh, discipline that I'm learning now called the neuroscience of making decisions, very, very different uh, in Malaysia. So then I realized that people are very spontaneous in making decisions and they don't realize why they made the decision. And, and I'll explain to you as we move along that these two parts that uh, I'm very proud to uh, raise this consciousness in Malaysia, we have our conscious mind and we have our subconscious, subconscious mind. mind. Yeah. So most people realize that the conscious mind, as you said, millennials are very intellectually sound, but emotionally, I don't think so. They are sound, based on my experience. <laughs> so the subconscious is the one who rules your life. Okay. The subconscious are the one, are very automatic. And I call these a programs, software programs that you have written unconsciously over the years. So when you make a decision, be it buying, uh, why shall I go to grocer, why shall I buy this chocolate, it's all being subconsciously programmed. And how long has it been programmed since? Okay. Good question. What are the it's factors from childhood, that it's from childhood. Oh, from childhood. And it's from okay. right up to from zero up to where you are now. So going back to values, uh, I stand corrected uh, if you may want to share. Most families don't really discuss about values in their day-to-day -day living. You know, okay. with their parents, mm -hmm. most of them back then. Now, perhaps maybe some are doing it now. Well, I think in my family, we had 
a lot of discussion about values Wonderful. because we came from a very spiritual family a family that that strongly believed in, in I think God you come from values. the 1% 1% uh, <laughs> <Wow>. category <laughs> where where I don't come yeah. from that family and I observe people don't come from that that kind of approach so the model of value based again to your question is mm-hmm. that we need to be conscious and we need to know why is this values are giving happiness I'll give you an example going back to millennials as you mentioned uh, millennials are very good at uh, doing research I call it intellectual sound okay. but there are too many noises in the net you google so much there's so many different views about a topic so then how would a millennial make a decision well most probably from what they feel is right good and so, what the popular opinion is about I love you I cannot hug you but I love you uh, the reason is this uh, because the feel comes from the subconscious the feel may not be right the feel is the program itself the feel is the conditioning that you have done so that you assume the feel is you and it it can go deeper but i don't want to in this podcast it is more towards your personality okay you have got siblings i've got siblings yeah. and i'm the eldest in the family but i noticed that i'm very different compared to my, my other siblings so i have my own personality in the way i see things and make decisions so going back to values So my role, how do I distinguish myself compared to others is in my discovery process when client comes to me in the first meeting, I do not talk about business at all, zero. I don't want to talk about anything else just to say that let's understand who are you on the inside. So to do that who are you on the inside, I need to go through a proven system, it's psychology and also it's got to do with behavioral finance there's two module in my process of discovery where i understand where is he come from what is sibling how his families make decision you know what's the trauma see a lot of people i'm sure you if you look at it most financial planners or financial institution don't talk about emotional trauma that the client would have gone through in making a financial decision why so um reason being is Uh, they are very transactional based they don't want to uh, as they say in the corporate world uh, you know engagement employee engagement so they don't want to engage inside who is the client the, the, again going back to the consciousness people are very much into transactional okay i've got something i want to sell him something this is my product i will do anything by any means to just sell him my product nothing wrong in selling a product that's a disclaimer it's very important but the mannerism the process uh the approach that you use with uh the clients or people is very much important so coming back now to how you approach your client in the first meeting you ask them a lot of questions regarding the background i suppose that is where you start identifying their personality with regards to every decision that they make i won't say absolutely why you cannot discover a person who have grown for 40 years immediately in a meeting okay. uh, and i want to be very honest about and it and i suppose that takes a bit of time right you're right and, and what and happens is it becomes a road map like how you use your ways or whatever it becomes a road map that i can see signals in his language see okay. every every individual carries a language and there are many languages uh, they got personality languages there's money languages uh, and they also talk about their belief system about life it's also a language mm-hmm. okay so so my role is to eventually uh for that discovery meeting to understand that what do they want to achieve out of from me and are they clear or me means wealthy in this case and are they clear as to what they really want or do they need me or need us to help them to discover what is important to them So through this exercise that you have with mm. your with your clients right mm. have you been able to identify perhaps groups of 
uh, attributes? Oh, yes. Uh, there are certain attributes about what they think about themselves uh, in terms of who they are. And there are also attributes what they think about money itself. Okay. okay let me explain. All right. Uh, quickly, they are the investors. Uh, now talking about investment, the investors will feel that oh, I've invested into banks, I've invested into mutual fund. You know, I never really made a money. So that becomes a phobia, and the phobia becomes a belief system, and that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. They always believe that if I make decision, uh, let's say in this case mutual fund, uh, I won't make the money. I won't do the right thing. So when you operate at that level. So if I don't address that concern uh, properly, therefore, they will continue to run that program throughout the relationship that you carry with them. Okay. All right, dear listeners, we will now head for a quick break. In the next part of our episode, Gunai and myself will be discussing on the various types of personalities and how it influences our decision making. Stay tuned. Ever wondered what leadership is all about? Is it developed over time? Or are people just born with it? We believe there is a science behind leadership and we want to help you understand it. Take this journey with us as we hear from renowned leaders from all over the world over our range of shows tackling key spaces in different industries today. Leadernomics, the science of building leaders. Welcome back everyone to the second part of our episode on money personality. So Guna, in part one, we were discussing on how values play a very important role in influencing our decision making and how since young, it can actually have a lasting effect. Now, looking at what you have done so far, Guna, uh, based on experience working with clients, perhaps you could just share with us some of the research that you have done on the groups of behavior that have a distinct effect on one's decision making. I would like to use a model uh, which we use in uh, being a money coach is that we need to have a frame of understanding where the client comes when it comes to money personality. So using the Janjan model in this money coach. And how do you pronounce it? Uh, how, how do you spell it again? J-U-N-G-I-A-N, Janjan model. All right. Uh, is that there are actually eight archetypes of personality uh, which is being formed since young. Even I didn't know when I grew up that, you know, I fall into one of these categories. We all fall into. But um, I'm going to go briefly for this podcast in terms of what they are. At least the audience have some form of understanding. Say, ah, yeah, I have this part of me. Ah, yeah, sometimes I do this. So at least they know, they are aware that they could fall into this category. So the number one is called innocent. Innocents are people who basically do not want to take responsibility of money. Uh, they are the, the ostrich who put their head down and say that, oh, uh, you, you, you decide, you know, uh, I'm not good in money. And they don't, they don't feel comfortable in making decisions around money. So that's the uh, innocent type. And why could that be? You know, I mean, is it because of a bad experience they had in the past or simply because of a lack of confidence? Okay, good. Uh, this is just because that, uh, uh, that they're not being educated from the family in terms of, uh, what are the strengths that they can have uh, when dealing with money? And, and they're also afraid that if they do this, then they will have the blame on making a decision. We all go through mistakes. Even mm. though me, I've traveled along this journey and I make a lot of mistakes. And, but I always improve and I understand that. So being a money coach, I'm more conscious about myself and also the people that comes and interacts with me. True. 
True. You know, so going back, the second one is called victim. Victim is an interesting story. Uh, you said the kind of clients that I've gone through. Victims are people that have made decisions. They are a bit slightly different from the innocent. They make decisions. And uh, when things go wrong, they tend to blame others. So let me give you a bit of context. Quick one on this area. Um, I'm sure you've heard of people say, hey, I bought insurance and, and uh, this guy uh, cheated me and so forth. So they made a decision, but probably the framework of making a decision may not be complete, may not be solid, but things go wrong. They say, hey, this insurance agent is no good. And you know, he cheated me. Well, there could be a combination of both. So these are called victim people who don't want to take responsibility for their decision making. So victim personality. Yeah, so that's a victim. They like to, they don't go internal and say, yeah, I, so this part I'm wrong, okay, that part he's wrong. So they don't go there. They just say, I call this the blame technology. <laughs> you know, so that's the victim. Uh, uh, this is interesting part, the warrior. So for the audience to, to understand me, I am partly warrior. Uh, by the way, uh, Praveen, I uh, must say on the audience, within these eight Janjan archetypes, uh, there's a questionnaire profiling that we do in Wall Street. And what happens is uh, when someone scores more than five in one, so they have got the dominant uh, archetype, they also got subdominant, okay, okay. which we'll touch shortly in the next three, four minutes, which is very interesting. And so you, so they are not conscious, going back to the program, they're not conscious which program is running them. Am I a warrior? Am I uh, uh, innocent? Am I this? So the key thing is, that is not their role to play, all right? But it's, it's good that they are being aware. So that is why when you say, how is Wall Street different? When we interact in our communication each time we meet the client, we look for these kind of languages and we look for the kind of things they use to talk about the way they make uh, decisions about money or how they see money. Then we like to have a deeper conversation. So tell us more about the warrior personality. So warrior is somebody who is very disciplined, uh, very focused, very confident, uh, like to be in control, okay. and they have got uh, good attributes about themselves. The only thing about worry is sometimes too much control can also backfire. So, example, they could have an advisor, let's say they have me as an advisor, and they like to have a lot of information and all that. They say, I want this, I want this. But at the end of the day, they are a bit different because they want to make their own decision. Okay, they, they feel that they want to have ownership of the decision. So in a way, it's good, but sometimes they need to be a bit flexible in the way they make decisions. That's a warrior. That's a good, good yeah. attributes of being a warrior. Then they have this, this is the interesting part that I shared earlier. Then there's fools. Fools are people that, who always uh, want to be happy-go-lucky. Uh, they have got no goal or commitment towards money. They are always staying present. That's the advantage. They like to have shortcuts uh, for success. Example, I'm sure you know, um, some people may not like what I'm going to say. A lot of people like to have Umpat Nombo Eko. Okay, some of them like to go to Genting mm -hmm. to do that. They want to have a shortcut way of having uh, wealth or richness. So therefore, short-term fulfillment. Short-term, yeah, you can say fulfillment or happiness. They want to have a shortcut way to be rich. So I think that the decision they make are present is good, but it doesn't take into long-term consideration. So fools are, uh, which is very dangerous, I say, which I've come across one client of mine, which... Um, I just love this person, husband, wife, somewhere in the 60s. And um, it's a story I'm going to tell those listeners who know this, so you know where I'm talking about. Um, they're both professors, or I said professors, and they've got 40 years of career, wonderful career, and they've got a good circle of friends, the community love them. 
But because they have some some characteristics of fool and some characteristics of innocent, what they did was they went into a scam and that scam promises them, let's uh, say 3% a month guaranteed. And it was recommended to them by another professor whom they had belief. So going back to the innocent, they don't like to make decisions, so they trust this person and say, oh, you make the decision. And they took out, this is a sad part, I'm very sad as I speak now, um, they took out 800,000 of their EPF money oh for last 40 years of their hard earned. They're so good in, in, in the discipline, a bit of warrior there. And But they just gave it to this person to invest in this scam. And uh, um, they were earning some good money for a year. And after that, the whole thing was clamped down. So can you imagine, Praveen, an audience, you worked for 40 years, so prudent, and you don't realize you have that fool in you, uh, so there, you gave this money away and 800000 is gone. So audience and Praveen, you tell me what went wrong. One of the areas that I want to say, I didn't mention to you earlier, uh, I'm a guy who, or the, the company focuses on, my passion is about emotions. Mm -hmm. We all carry a lot of emotions from childhood until now. Some are very hidden, where during conversation, deep conversation, these emotions will come out. I have clients who actually cry in the conversation. So Gunnar, right now we've already touched on uh, the innocent victim, the warrior and the fool's part, right? And I guess it's a varying tide of emotions each to each personality. What about the other four? I mean, do we see very distinct features of them as okay, well? Yeah, coming up. So let's touch on the, the creator. Give you an example. They are known as creator artists. They're internally sound. They're very spiritual based in the way they make decisions. Whatever things that they do, they use uh, spiritual as a framework in making decisions. So what happens is when in business or in making money for the matter investing, they might have a conflict between the material world of making money and the internal. So that's a conflict. So therefore, they might not be making right decision to grow money or expand in a business or join a venture because they might see that the outside world or the material world is conflicting the internal world. So uh, they're okay person. They're not a bad person. But the thing is that you need to I call it under my model. There's a four model called four R models. You need to reframe their way about money and material in the context of spiritual. So that will not happen without a, a deep conversation about how they arrived about spirituality on money or spiritual wealth. So a financial planner, a real good financial planner of a different discipline, like in this case, money coach and, and behavioral advisor, I need to listen to them as to why they attach the spiritual into the money. Spiritual itself is different, money itself is different, but the emotion and the attachment they give is very important. So when they use in that frame, that's how they don't get into the wealth. So you mentioned the 4R method, right? So the first part is reframe. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, so it's a much lengthier process, I suppose, right? So the, the first part is recognizing your emotions, your thinking behavior. Okay, recognizing, recognizing it. Uh, uh, number two, it's you need to reflect. A lot okay. of people are not reflecting. They are responding. They are reactive. Why they are reactive, Praveen? Because I suppose that's how they've been thinking all this while. Okay, and that's I'm, and I'm, I'm afraid of make, making a decision differently from how I've been used to thinking, I guess. Okay. I mean, you're okay. Uh, going back to what I mentioned, they run in autopilot. They run in subconscious. So the reflective is so biological in nature that it's so smooth that they don't realize, think and pause and say, hey, what am I doing? Is it important? What am I thinking? How am I feeling? 
you know so there are a lot of questions they don't ask because they're not trained to ask themselves mm-hmm. so it takes a lot of concentration and effort to be there and to to do that so the first one is first is recognize recognize reflect second is uh, reflect third is reframe the context as to merge the spiritual and the material in terms of money and giving them a proper perspective yeah. uh, then the fourth one is respond and i suppose this four will work in any personality right because they all have their own respective true uh, you know difficulties i would say uh, they all have their respective okay i help you shortcomings is called strength yeah and struggle strength and struggle perhaps. everybody carries this including me mm-hmm. nobody escapes from this model we have strength and we have struggles so now you've already covered five uh, five archetypes i would okay. say mm-hmm. innocent a victim warrior full creator what about the other the three next two will be oh, the next uh, two okay the tyrant tyrant is the one that <laughs> uh, which you can see that i'm sorry forgive me i've been watching so i've been seeing these are people who will use money to manipulate people um a circumstances in event to get what they want okay there are leaders who do that i'm sure i don't mention here i mean uh, throughout the world you can see many examples people use money uh, to manipulate people so it's a very to me to me personally it is personal as a disclaimer it's very dangerous because uh, eventually uh, these people will go through a lot of challenges that i've seen uh, on the on the samples that i've seen uh, people will label them people will move away from them you know you know all these leaders have gone under a base on tyrant because you use money to do manipulation i don't want to talk much about that uh, the audience can reflect about i think the audience can, uh, can understand can, it for themselves can understand where i'm coming from and this is the part uh, i did mention i have warrior in me i'm also a magician magicians are people magicians who, yeah that's the that's the next the last oh, one wow. okay. and magicians are the one that that people should focus drive towards this magicians are the one who are very spiritual they're very wise uh they're very conscious in they make their decision they are very trusting they're very loving they're very optimistic you know uh so these are the people who basically look at things look at people and have a balance between money people and themselves the perfect triangle balance uh, nobody's perfect okay mm-hmm. it's a very solid model where they they find fulfillment for themselves in helping people like in my case you look at my my business card i say that as i say i have a magician there uh i get fulfilled when helping people really fulfilled and i can go to bed peacefully and say okay i've done my job i'm good i'm happy fine you know so that is important because i have a model that i'm working and and that model is like a tick whenever there are things that i do my client and myself is a tick and say okay i'm okay fulfilling okay it is good i'm precise i'm using this model so that's where the magician is very important and believe me it takes great effort to work on the model and so you need a coach i'm going to give you an example of this coach i'm going to give you one more example later you see uh, pravin i'm sure uh, you have watched tennis so, tennis is something that i've been watching for many years now and let's talk about roger federer let's talk about djokovic and let's talk about rafa nadal uh, you notice that you know they are so great players of a legend in terms of the way they play in terms of their accomplishment but have you noticed pravin audience that the coach is always watching very calmly watching every move they do and each time they anchor they get a point back or they come back the first thing they do is they they will look at the coach have you noticed that 
audience, the next time you watch a tennis match, please watch. And the coach doesn't really say a word. He uses the body language and his eye contact to communicate. Yeah, that's because they're not allowed, I, I guess, to speak. Uh, they can speak, but they cannot speak too loud based yeah. on that the frame okay. they're in. So okay. what happens is these coaches are observing uh, each frame the the, the players are using uh, during that match and they will, after the match, that's where they give feedback as to what unconsciously these players have done. So there are patterns that continue to repeat based on circumstances of the match or the event, which the players need to restructure the way I say reframe, mm -hmm. restructure that in the next game. So that's how you can see that these players come back differently. Take Roger Federer for the matter. For a few years, he was out of touch on his limelight and fame, mm -hmm. but he came back strongly. So the coaches plays a major role. So like that, each clients or millionaires or whatever the generations are, need a coach with a good discipline, you know, to help them see things that they cannot in making decisions. Now, looking back at the seven archetypes that you shared, right, which was... Uh, eight archetypes. The eight yeah. archetypes, sorry. So the innocent mm -hmm. one who just wants to leave the responsibility to other people, the victim who doesn't want to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Then you have the warrior who is disciplined but can sometimes be very controlling of their Correct. own decision to a certain detrimental point. You have the fools, happy-go-lucky, mm -hmm. I do not care, I have no goals, I just want to get the shortcuts. Mm -hmm. You have the creators who have the conflict always between the material and spiritual goal. And you also have the tyrants, the manipulators, the ones who, at, who want to achieve glory at, at, at any cost. At any cost. Yeah. And then you have the magicians that you say, the perfect one. Uh, not, so, not, so, not to say perfect, mm. but the ones that achieve a particular balance between money, people, and the values. Is there any other archetypes that we've, we could have no, missed? No, we've covered all the we've archetypes. We've covered all of that. So I'm just curious here, Guna, looking at perhaps individuals. If you look at households, right? If you have people with clashing personalities. Is that going to be an issue? Uh, see, I have... This is a very sensitive thing in Malaysia, uh, audience. Um, so, but I've seen most of the people that who make, comes to me and make decisions most are uh, only males. So the true blue financial plan advisor in, in America or other part of the world usually have the couples together to understand both spectrum of uh, what money means to me, what uh, their financial objective are, how they feel. There's one more thing that add could be the next podcast. They have personalities. Nothing to do with money, but they have got personalities. So, so when, when you don't have a, a, a plan based on husband and wife, and husband and wife have got different way of making financial decisions, as you look at the personality here, there could be conflict of example that, I'll give you one quick example, we can't cover everything here, but maybe in this case, the husband okay, makes most of the decision. But uh, it could be also at the risk of the spouse and family, because if the architect, if he's a fool... As, sorry, if he has a full archetype in them, he's not a fool, he's got a full archetype <laughs> yeah. in him, he could even jeopardize the family. And, and I also noticed that, uh, not my clients, but I've noticed outside where most young couple divorce because money issues and conflicts, the way they run the family, they, the way they assign money to their fulfillment and financial objective. So would it be safe to say that money personality would be a good indicator of a stable household? I mean, I'm just trying to think from a perspective of a household I, 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 I who won't needs say household, to manage their finances. I, yes, I would say that it's money personality, money coaching would be a very good framework in really getting the things out of the bag and saying that what could be the hindrance as they decide what is happiness to them, 
when it comes to money. Okay. Uh, so that's another thing I want to add in here. We can talk later in the next podcast that you need to understand we didn't touch in this so far. How does money gives happiness? Or how does material things give happiness? It's a very different... That's a whole, bo- whole, whole ball game altogether. <laughs> and uh, I would say one thing, most people are chasing after material things which there's no end to it. All right, Guna. So before we end, I suppose because you, you, you have a lot of experience and I suppose these experiences come from dealing with your clients and also reading a lot of materials out there. What would you say would be the one nugget of wisdom that you'd like to impart to all our listeners out there? Thank you, Pravin. That's a one minute question. So I'm going to share my context. You know, it's a disclaimer, but I think it applies reasonably. I would think that most people need to understand who they are in the first place. Very important. When I say who they are, I quickly link to another part called uh, what actually gives them happiness? What do they want to have in this life? It's a journey. Every station is an experience that they go through. They need to understand what do they want to, want to have in this life in the context of money and happiness. Two, the nuggets would be that do not allow the empowerment that let the society or their circle dictate what their happiness is. They need to have a good, strong, I, I call it self-worth. Yeah. Okay? It's not net worth, okay? It's self-worth that they can able to say, no, this is what I want. This is happiness to me. If, they, if the society or uh, others want to be different, I'm okay, but I want to run my life based on this. So that's a very important nugget because people are falling into the society or the culture trap as to what happiness means. Perfect, perfect. So thanks a lot, Guna. I mean, for that very powerful nugget of wisdom. I mean, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you for over the past half an hour, Guna. Thank you once again. And, um, you know, how, how, how do you feel? Um, I feel good. Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, Roshan, uh, who has given me uh, this opportunity to share with you. Roshan, thank you. And also to Leaderomics, to all the team. Uh, Sashi, thank you, who's actually doing uh, this recording. Sashi, you've been a wonderful person. And audience, uh, I want to thank you for that. I want to share this, whatever that I've gone through, which is all real based on my research. So once again, uh, Praveen, thank you very much for inviting me here uh, this afternoon. And i would be glad to, if someone wants to keep in touch with sure. me. That's my absolute pleasure. So to our listeners, thank you again for tuning in to this episode of The Pennywise Show. Hope it left you with some really useful anecdotes and do follow us on Lironomics FM. I'm your host, Praveen Nair, and thank you once again for listening. You've been listening to Lironomics FM, the science of building leaders.